Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bloomscast. My name is Seth, aka Phantasma Plumes, and I'm coming to you pre recorded from the game room. As always, I thank you for tuning in today. If you're a new listener, well, thank you for choosing Bloomscast to be your source of entertainment for the next amount of time, because, yo, I don't know how long this one's gonna go for. And for all my returning listeners, welcome back. I am glad you've decided to stick around for another round. But listen, before I really get started here today, I do have a couple of, like, side tangents I want to go on. Um, to start off, first off, I really want to say thank you all so much for making last episode Burned Out Vibes one of the best episodes that have come out. Um, you know, before I start recording here, I don't usually focus on numbers. I really try not to do that just because it messes with my, like, internal mindset of how I want episodes to go. But I do just want to say, um, last week's episode did extremely well. Uh, it's the second most listened to video at, or podcast after uh, the Gotcha podcast. So I'm really glad that we could, you know, have a serious conversation. And I hope that my words of encouragement uh, reached you to wherever you are. And you are hopefully taking the steps you need to continue on with your best life. That said, uh, I am super excited to be talking about this topic. This one, this one's going to be a little hard for me, honestly. Um, and you know, to take a little bit of the veil off of the production of Plumes Cast, this one is actually the third recording I'm doing of this. So to kind of give you know new listeners some feedback real fast or some background, um, I try and do this as if it's a uh, Twitch podcast or Twitch uh, Twitch show, where I basically just talk and talk and talk and talk, and what I essentially try to do is keep my thoughts coherent enough as if we were having a conversation over a live stream. But because I do it all in one single take without any editing, I tend to you know rumble or kind of like mumble over my words at times. Um, you know, sometimes I'll be like uh uh. Uh, and you know, I, I, as I've uh, continued on podcasting now that I believe this is episode eight, uh, no seven, excuse me. Um, now that I've done this like a number of times, I'm finding it much more easier to just let my thoughts flow once I get started. I still do keep a small little note sheet, but no, uh, I was trying to do Plumescast, you know, originally on Tuesday, and. <laughs> This is this is tangent number one coming up. Um, I ended up playing the new Risk of Rain 2 update with a couple of buddies that I haven't really had much time to play games with. And like, yo, I love me some Risk of Rain. Like, I cannot recommend that game enough. It is a roguelite. Roguelite? Rogue, roguelike? I honestly don't know the difference at the top of my head right now. But essentially, I think it is roguelite. Because the more you die, the more things you are like, the better you do during runs, the more things you unlock for the subsequent runs, so on and so forth. But still, you start with like basically nothing. Um, but the whole premise behind it is the longer that you play the game in a single run, the harder it gets. Like, if you look up in the top right corner, you always have a difficulty slider that's steadily going up with each second. And it makes for a very interesting gameplay like a very interesting game because you end up having this mindset of do I stay behind and loot, you know, while the game's still easier to boof to like beef me up for like harder levels down the line, 
or do I, you know, speed run the entire thing with minimum items? It's honestly like I can spend hours on that game. I have spent hours on that game. It's I could put it up there as like one of my favorite Steam games. Uh, the original one, Risk of Rain, was probably one of my most played games for a while. I think I dropped like give or take 90, 100 hours into it. I'd have to look into my Steam library see how long I actually spent into it. But no, I absolutely love the game. I love the different characters, how each character plays differently. Um, and I highly recommend you guys, like if you're even remotely interested, check it out. But they recently dropped this uh, new DLC patch that adds like 16 new items, uh, new enemies, and kind of does like a bunch of scaling differences. And A.E.O., they have made this game so much harder than what it originally was. Like, straight out, um, me and my buddies used to be able to play this game, like, and get to the end level, like, almost nine times out of ten. Because we were just, like, we knew what builds we needed to do. We had fun with it. And, like, we'd even put on mods. Like, there's a huge modding community. Seriously, if you want to play one of the best Goku mods, like, there's a Goku mod, there's a Vegeta mod... There's a Trunks mod. Those are the main ones I remember. But ha that has, like, different mechanics. Like, the more you die, the higher the Zenkai boost you get. So you come back stronger the next round if your friends survive. Like, yo, it it is so good. I, like, going back to vanilla Risk of Rain just doesn't seem like a thing. And now with the DLC, it seems like even <laughs> less of a thing. Um, but... They have also reworked a lot of the damage that happens in the game. And, you know, some of it's just straight bullshit now. Like, there's a portion where if you go underneath the Lunar Coin store, you know, the Lizard Cellar, by going through the Blue Orb instead of the Teleporter, um, you go to, like, this Void area, this Abyss area, where you're basically, you know, stuck in a small bubble, fending off enemies for, like, maybe two, three minutes at a time. And every time you clear a wave, everybody gets, you know, items. Well, the thing that makes it hard is if you're outside that bubble, you take continuous damage. Now, before, it was closer to, like, one damage per second. So you could go into that early game, get a bunch of strong items, because if you can make it through all ten rounds, you get a guaranteed red item, which is some of the strongest, most powerful items in the game. You know, to give an example... Uh, there's one that all your auto-fire, like your basic left-click attacks, all of them explode. Um, there's one that is an extra life, Dio's best friend. It's really like, and I understand why they did it, because I think people were abusing that in the very early game to continue on to later levels. But they have also changed something about it that I really dislike, is when you're in that void, time stopped. So you basically got a free section to try and grind for, you know, 10 free items. Now, mind you, in that void, the f deeper you go into it, the more rounds you go into it, the harder it gets. Like, you can get enemies that have higher... Like, they get ba basically, like, every few rounds, a new enemy is introduced, and, like, every other few rounds, uh, a new item is given to them. So the same items you can pick up, they can get. And there have been times where, like, they get red items, like Tesla coils, that do electrical damage near just by being near you. 
and you would have like enemies that are super tanky. So it, you could absolutely get fucked by RNG in these things. But the problem is, is now that they've made that like external continuous damage, like one tick to five ticks, it drains anybody that doesn't have any mobility. And like honestly, I think they want you to kind of do that more late game now. But it's just like, bruh, like. I, I I don't like how they change it. Like if you're gonna do five damage ticks, um at least at least uh stop time still because making it more difficult while you're down there just doesn't it kinda defeats the purpose of going there, honestly. It's just another world you can go to and you get, you know, guaranteed loot, but you gotta be quick. Anyway, so yeah, no, I ended up spending way too much time doing that. And I recorded episode 7, you know, like that. And <laughs> I ended up going back and listening to it the next day. Because usually that's what I'll do. Is I will, you know, record and then go to bed and then come back the next day after work. Like, I basically give myself a whole day away from remembering what I was talking about or anything like that. And then I'll come back to it and listen to it. And, you know, I was yawning so many times. I was just like... Hey, we're going to talk about... I'm like, oh, God, no, I can't release this like this. So I ultimately made the decision that I will record or re-record this one. So I was going to re-record it yesterday. You know, yesterday being Saturday at this point. And I sat down at the recording desk and I was ready to go. And then I just lost all motivation midway through because... I had a conversation with a friend of mine that kind of like took a lot of the uh, a lot of the wind out of my sails, and you know I'm very thankful to my sweet darling Jules that you know brought me back as the night went on after I got her out from work. Um, but it was just like I was sitting there and I was just like, bruh, bruh, bruh. <laughs> anyway, so this is now it's now Sunday. Uh, you guys are probably going to get this episode a little bit late, and I apologize for that. But, you know, I wanted to make sure I'm turning out quality content, and I wanted to, you know, make sure I'm having fun with it, too. So I wanted to make sure the episode I release is actually one that, you know, sounds good. Especially when I'm talking about Toho, which is, like, one of my favorite series. Um, to begin, Toho is... Like and this is the thing too, is like when I was first recording it too, and this was another reason I decided to re record it, um, I ultimately I felt like I went too too deep onto it. I feel like I was scaring people away and I had to sit down and like have a conversation with myself, like, yo, if I wanted somebody to get into a series that I liked, how would I go about, you know, introducing it to them? And so ultimately, all this to say I'm going to try and bring this down from my usual two-hour shenanigans to a solid hour or so. Because I don't want to go into too much information about each of the individual games. But I do want to, you know, serve as a brief introduction to the Toho series. Give you, like, a warm welcome to it. And then talk about the insanity that is the fandom. And I hope that just from all this alone you get some like new appreciation for the series that has been going on now for god I can't even tell you how many years like I want to say it is about 25 years like actually thinking about it I want to say this year's uh Toho's 25th anniversary which you know congratulations to Toho <laughs> but no 
Uh, so I wanted to do basically a brief introduction of all the games, um, and then go on to talk about like all the fanon, and then you know from there kind of give you the starting point. And like I want to talk about my experiences with it, obviously, and then I want y'all to go out and find. Here's your homework, class. Go out and find some Toho music. Listen to any of the arrangements. And then, you know, find a character you like, then go play the game that they're associated with. Like, seriously, here's the TLDR for this entire podcast. If you are remotely interested in Toho, find a song that you like, or find a character that you vibe with, find out what games they are in, and go play those games. That is probably the easiest way to get somebody into it. And, you know, that's... You know, thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you guys, as always. You know, thank you so much for listening in. And as always, I'll talk to you again from the stars very soon. Until next time. <laughs> Dude, what if I did that? Like, straight out, just release a 13-minute episode? Oh, God, I hope you guys would just fucking castrize me right at the point. <laughs> or castrate me. Just like, we want content! You're talking about Toho! You need to give us more content! <laughs> okay, I am starting to get my energy flowing now. It's coming, it's coming. I'm feeling good about this. Alright, so... When we talk about Toho, there's a specific like term that's tossed around a lot with it that gives it kind of a subgenre of the bullet hell games. It's known as Damaku, and what it means is literally having hundreds and thousands of bullets on screen at a single time. It's supposed to be both terrifying and captivating. And I think Toho is a really good series of that because whenever you play like any of the bosses or when you go up against any of the bosses, each character has a specific pattern that they try and go for. Um, and a lot of the spell cards can be predetermined to where, like, basically you're looking at the art as a bystander. Meanwhile, when you're playing as, you know, playing the game, you're staring, like, directly down looking for small, intricate gaps. And what makes Toho an interesting series is that uh, Toho, or, like, in most traditional bullet hell games... The entire character is your hurt box. Or if a bullet hits any part of your fighter jet, for example, that's it, you lost a life. However, in Toho, that's actually warranted. They want you to do that. There's a whole mechanic about that called grazing, which, you know, in some games actually can subtly impact, you know, what ending you get, or, you know, whether or not you get a shield faster, or you build up spirit power faster. It's a very, it's mainly for score at the end of the day, but it's a very unique mechanic because in Toho you have a hitbox, like a small hitbox on the middle of your character that you can see in uh, entries later than 6. So Toho 7 through 18, if you hold down the shift key, you go into focus mode, which slows your character down for more precise movement, usually changes the shot type, and then, you know, you can see where exactly, if you get hit, you're out of life. Unless you have, like, a bomb, and then you can, you know, try and bomb save yourself, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Technical concepts of Toho shit is there, folks. <laughs> anyway, so no, I... I will gladly say that Toho is probably one of the most unique bullet hells out there. It's 
it runs with the mechanics in a way that like I think no other real bullet hells do. Not to say that like Toho's the best one out there by far. Um because there are other really good ones, and this was actually my introduction to Bullet Hells. Like, from Toho, I went on to play, like, Ikaruga, and I want to say it's Mutsashime Hime, something like that. The girl about the mushrooms on Steam. <laughs> but I went on to play, like, other, you know, Bullet Hell games. Uh, I went back to other, like, games that I played that were similar in concept, like Life Force, um, Ultimatius Parody, or Parody, Parody, Ultimatius Parody, Parodius? I, mm, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna trip over that one now, damn! Alright, I'll, I'll, I'll post a picture on Twitter after this episode releases and be like, this is it, this is the game I'm talking about, the one that's like fucking Galaga, except, or not Galaga, uh, fuck, Gyrus, no, fuck, you know, Gradius, there we go, God, why, yo, real quick, side tangent, why the fuck are so many of these names so similar, yo? Like, Gyrus and Gradius are both NES, you know, space shooters. Except Gyrus, Gyrus, by the way, if you could ever play Gyrus, I highly recommend Gyrus. Um, that was, like, one of my first NES games ever when I went back and started playing old games. Like, I, God, this is completely off topic now. But I went off and I, like, me and my friend at the time, Sam... Uh, had basically became like AVGN types where we wanted to go back to the past and uh, play a bunch of old NES games. And my buddy had gotten, you know, an NES first. And I was like, dude, this is so cool. I want one. So my dad and I back in the day went to a trade and play, which was like this, I, I don't know if it was a chain of, you know, basically not GameStops for retro games. But that's what I immediately akined it to. And they had, like, an NES for sale for, like, 40 bucks. I bought it. Um, I played on it for so long. I think I actually still have it, you know, in my closet somewhere from moving. Because um, I could just never get myself to throw it away. But it was one of those things, too, that I was just like, bruh, like, I I can't. I don't have, like, the time to play it. And I don't have, you know... Uh, I don't have the space, so I basically just left it in the box along with my Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64. Yeah, oh, man, it makes me sad now. I might go dig it out after this. Ah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> but anyway, so, tangent over. Name your games better, devs, please, for the love of God, so that way I don't get them confused. Me, a non-significant podcaster that, you know, just occasionally makes content here and there. You should do it for me. <laughs> God, how self-entitled would that be if I was, like, serious about that? Anyway, so to really kind of go back, like I said, this is, I want to say, Toho's 25th anniversary. Um... In fact, the very first game was not a Damaku type game. Uh, it did kind of get to that level in later levels, but it was more akin to Breakout, which, if you don't know, is basically a game where you control a paddle and you smack a ball up the screen. You hit like a row of bl- bl- bricks up top, and then the ball comes down, and you smack the ball back up, and it goes back down. It <laughs> it was not a great game. 
I do remember playing it a lot. And another one that's similar to it is like Arkanoid. Uh, I want to say Strikey Sisters too, because I have that one on my wish list on Steam, and I felt like that was the closest thing I'd ever get to another Arkanoid experience. Um, but basically, you win when all the bricks are cleared out. But so in that one, Remu was your paddle. But what made it different from like Arkanoid and Breakout was. You know, in those games, if the ball went past your paddle, you lost a life. You lost a ball. In Toho, you had the ability to, like, the ball would bounce. So you didn't have to focus on the ball. But the ball was also a projectile as well. Where if you ever got hit with the ball and you weren't smacking it back, you lost a life. You were also getting shot at. It was such a unique take on the series. And, like, of course, Reimu has movement options in that. Uh, she has her uh, signature slide kick that never was, I think it was like referenced in the fighting games later on, but, you know, basically she has that kick to knock the ball back up if it's ever just a rolling on the ground type, and then she also has her uh, gohei stick to smack it back up, but, and I believe she had a shot type that she could go and shoot enemies with or, you know, bosses because the ball was your main damage source, but you could still, like, peck away at bosses with it. Um, but that was released way back on what was known as Windows 98. We were in the series, like, if you go and look at Toho and talk, like, arrows, that was the PC, the start of the PC-98 era, where um, this was running off a system known as the Microsoft Disk Operating System, MS-DOS, which I think is the correct acronym. If I am incorrect on that, yo, I'm returning, <laughs> I'm returning my degree. I need to go back to school. <laughs> I've studied this shit for years. I should know it by now, right? <laughs> but anyway, so in that series, you have, like, five games? Yes, five games. Uh, let's see if I can remember all of them. There, so very first one, highly responsive to prayers, is the breakout game. Uh, Story of Eastern Wonderland is when you start actually getting into the bullet hell genre. Uh, Remu is riding on a flying turtle this time uh, to take down all the bad guys. Um, I don't think s- spell cards were really a thing then. Like they weren't officially entitled. I don't, I'm not sure they might have been. Now that I'm thinking about it, they might have been. Um, but anyway, you then go to Toho 3, uh, Phantasmagoria of Dim Dot Dream. Um, this one was like a two-player Damaku type game where you both had your own screen. And the more, like, the better you did on your side, the more damage you'd send to the other. It's hard to explain without showing it, but the best visual example I can try and give y'all is imagine playing Tetris or Puyo Puyo. Where if you do better, you send more garbage to the other person's side. However, because they have that garbage as a leverage at this point, they may be able to return it all back at you. And basically, the way you win is whoever takes you know five lives worth of damage first loses. It is a very hectic game, and I like I would almost want people to play that one first because it gets you so deep into it. But it also you know, it also takes away from the Maku fun of it. It's not as, you know, it's not as predetermined, I would say. Uh, it's more random. You can easily get shot in those. 
Uh, if you want to play one like that that's more balanced, I would say wait until Toho 9. Um, Phas- Phantasmagoria Flower View. That one is same game, except on the Windows era, which we'll get to here in a minute. Um, also more polished, I would say, and more fair. And I'm not saying that because I get my shit handed to me in 3. <laughs> I absolutely get my shit handed to me in 3, by the way. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so then you continue the there. Uh, you go to Toho 4, Lotus Land Story. Um, then lastly, to end it all off, you end with Toho 5, Mystic Square. And from there, you now progress to what is now known as the modern era of Toho games, the Windows games era, where all of the games I'm about to list, and this is going to be a challenge, this is the challenge here, where... I am going to go and try and name each and sing every single Toho game with the number. And if I get this right, because I don't have a list. I do not have a list in front of me. Like, I am trying to go off the entirety of my knowledge and fandom, you know, brain to see if I can do this. So, here we go, dear listeners. To start everything off, you have Toho 6, the embodiment of Scarlet Devil, um... To welcome in, actually, before I really continue on with the list, if you want, like, a great introduction to the, you know, Toho insanity that is the fanon, there's a great animation out there by Signor Pelo, um, that's, like, the embodiment of Scarlet Devil. It details, loosely, the events of the first game without, like, any real dialogue, and it is such a funny take. Like, I I would highly recommend, if you are looking to get into the Toho games and you don't know which one to start, everybody really kind of recommends Toho 6 because it's the first of the Windows games and it's easier to find. Um, but I would recommend if you get through Toho 6 and you get the normal ending, because that, that was also something interesting, too, uh, to kind of diverge a little bit further. Toho 6 is one of the very few games that has a hard stop for you if you are playing on easy mode. So, if you get to the stage 5 boss, Sokuya, and beat her, she basically says, you know, it's already too late, you know, it's time for you to go home kind of thing. And, you know, your player character, Reimu or Marissa, stump, like goes back home all pissed off, like... I could do better, I could do this, blah, 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 blah. And then the game's basically like, okay, you know, try and play the game on normal without using a continue to see the true ending. And then you get to fight Romilia from there. Um, but anyway, so Senor Pedro has a really great animation about it. It's funny as fuck. I watch it, I still watch it quite a fair bit. Um, and it kind of shows you kind of the meme culture around some of the characters, too, um, without really saying, like, they don't use, like, any words. But, anyway, enough shrilling for a great Toho animation. Um, so you go from six, and Toho seven is Perfect Cherry Blossom. Uh, it's the introduction of Yuko and Yomu, uh, Major fan favorites. Yomu actually won the... So here's a little side bit about this, too. Um, Every year, there is a Toho popularity poll that happens. And I think... I don't remember exactly how the numbers have come up, because I don't think people vote. 
but I think it's based on like the amount of fan works that's been made in the amount of year. And Yomu won this year. I think, you know, it's usually Yomu's close to the top and Marissa's up there and Raymu's up there. Um but yeah, yo, Yomu won. And it was super cool. But this year was interesting too, because uh Shizuha Aki, um, one of my second like the sister to my favorite Toro character, Minoriko Aki. Um she was, like, high up for some reason. It was, like, this whole-ass scandal. I don't know why it involved the Aki sisters, but I thought it was the funniest shit ever when people, like, drew Shizuha, like, dressed in, like, prison garb because she's like, they rigged the balls. And I was just like, Jesus. Anyway. So, Toho 7, Perfect Cherry Blossom. And then you get the first fighting game in the series, uh, Toho 7.5, Immaterial and Missing Power. Then you get into Toho 8, one of my favorites, uh, Imperishable Night, uh, followed by Toho 9, Phantasmagoria of Flower View. Uh, I think there's a mid-game here, Toho 9.5, Shoot the Bullet, which is, this one's kind of different from other Toho games in which you are not shooting fire back yourself, you're actually taking photos of the Damaku using a special camera apparatus that Aya has. Well, it's a fucking camera. But you have a, um, the longer you hold the shot, the bigger the zoom is and all that. And you can clear more curtain fire with it. But it's interesting because the way you damage the boss characters is you have to get close enough with your camera, take the picture of the character, and you want to get them in, like, as close to the center as you can for the most points. But anyway... Uh, that's Toho 9.5, Shoot the Bullet. Uh, Toho 10, Mountain of Faith, which is probably my favorite game because not only is it really autumnal themed, um, you get such bangers as, you know, the Jin Sokyo, the girl once knew, and, uh, across, er, fuck, Into the Waterfall. That one's one of my all time favorite Toho songs. And of course, Minoriko Aki. My sweet girl is in that. She's the first boss. Please let her defeat you. It's all she has. <laughs> then from here you get into Toho 10.5, Scarlet Weather Rhapsody, another fighting game. And then after that, uh, fuck. Hang on. I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. Uh, subterranean Animalism. Animism? Animism. I always want to say animalism. It's not that. Uh, then shit. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Undefined Fantastic Object, Toho 12. Uh, then there's Toho 12.3, Toho Hiso Tensoku, which is another fighting game. Uh, Toho 12.8, Great Fairy Wars. It might just be Fairy Wars. Eh. Toho 13 is 10 Desires. I hate the naming convention because I always want to call that one Toho 10. Uh, Toho 13.5, Hopeless Masquerade, is another fighting game. One of the best ones, I will say. Uh, Toho 14, Double Dealing Character. Toho 14 point... Shit, hang on. There's there's two in this one. Like, that's the thing, is, like, Zune will release games, like, probably every two years. Sometimes even just in a year. Uh, we'll usually get, like, a demo, and then, like, sometime next year uh, we'll get the full game out. He's quick about developing games. And a lot of these fighting games, he works with a different group that I can't remember who they are off the top. Um, but this one was one of the ones where he released a game, and then there was the fighting game, which is 14.5. 
Give me a second. Uh, uh, 14.3. Er, impossible spell card. Yes. Okay, that that sounds right. Uh, Toho 14.5 is the fighting game. Urban Legend and Limbo, which is one of my favorites. Um, Then you have Toho 15, Legacy of Lunatic Kingdom. And then there's 15.5, and Anatomy, Ananami, Ananami of Common Flowers, an anime, an anime of Common Flowers. Oh God! I swear to God! <laughs> I swear to God! Sometimes I sit here and like when I re-listen through my podcasts, like because that's the thing too is I always listen to them the day after they're released too. Like usually when I'm driving into work, and I'm just like, "Fuck! Come on, fucker! It's an anime, anime! You know, you dumbass! You know how to say words? Fucking say!" And then it's just like, "Oh." Oh, any, any, anon, any, anime? <laughs> God. Anyway, um, that was not me stalling to try and remember what Toho 16 was called. Uh, fuck. I, I should have kept stalling. That joke was, the joke was decent. Uh, fuck. Uh, Hidden Star in Four Seasons. Um, then this one was, the next one was one I never played. Uh, it was all about rank, or no, us- I don't know about Tsumami? Sus- no. Fuck, uh, fuck, uh, fuck. I see her in my head. She's the, she's like one of the final bosses of one of the fighting games. Uh, it's not Renko. It's, it's Usami, no, uh, fuck, uh, mm, god damn it. Alright, hang on, I'm, I'm checking, I'm cheating, I'm cheating. I am cheating, I'm gonna be mad when I look. God damn it, Sumi Renko, god damn it. Alright, I, mm. Ah, I hate it fucking hate it. Anyway, um, then Toho 17 is Wily Beast and Weakest Creature. Uh, Toho 17.5 is an interesting one. I don't think that one's fully released yet, uh, but it is a 2D brawler type kind of thing where it's more, you know, it, I can't really describe it very well. They use like aquatic was like the big thing about it. It was like an aquatic 2D fighter. Except it wasn't a fighting game. It was more like... I almost, like, when I f- saw gameplay from it, it made me think of, um... What is it? Muramasa the Demon Blade. In art style and in combat. But, anyway, uh, that one is Toho Gyoyoku Ibun, I think? And then lastly, we have Toho 18, uh, Unconnected Marketeers. And that, my friends, is the entire current canon of... The PC-98 games and the Windows games. God, Reimu, dear Reimu, tell me if I messed any of those up. If I did, I am so sorry. I <laughs> I don't take, like, I, before I did this one, I actually did a fair bit of research. Like, a small, like, more than I usually do, which is none. <laughs> but I did a fair bit of research um, just to, like, look into music circles and, like, Dojin creators and everything else, and like in the meanwhile, while I was going through it, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna look into you know the actual mainline games because a lot of these I have never played. Um, I fell out of the Toho series, like of the canon games, after Ten Desires. Well, no, I can't say after Ten Desires because I played both the fighting games that came out after it. Um, but I did stop playing like the actual traditional Don Maku shooters. Uh, I never played 14. Actually, I may have played the demo for Team. I never played 15. I never played 16. I never played 17. I did play 18. 
Like, I played that one on stream, and I realized in that, like, amount of time, my Toho skills have dropped. I used to play on hard mode, and nowadays, like, I think I ended up going through Unconnected Marketeers, uh, excuse me, initially on, um, initially on easy, and then I got to normal as time went on. But anyway, so that kind of gives you the groundwork of Toho Canon, and that honestly is the, and I don't want to say this like this because this might offend some people, and I don't mean this to be offensive, but that is easily the boring side of Toho. And that is, and like, I don't mean that in a negative way, like, the boring side of a really great series is still really great. Um... And that's where we get all the inspiration for what really has made Toho this global phenomenon. Um, And, like, the reason I can say that is there's this massive fandom community about this. Like, to start off, the music circles. Um, Well, before I even really get into that, so let me give this, like, preference. To give an example of how crazy Toho can get... There is a saying online that if it exists, there is a Toho version of it. And that has been mostly true throughout most of my internet days. Like, I remember playing a Toho Kirby game. There was a Toho Puyo game. uh, Fan games, of course. There's Toho Mega Man. There's Toho Mario. There's, I want to say there was like a Legend of Zelda-esque Toho game. Like a fandom type one. Uh, but regardless, it, and like, and there's so many different mediums of it too, 2D, 3D, FPS, RPG, uh, tactical RPG, um, visual novel, music, a rhythm game, uh, there's a couple of rhythm games. There's like a Rhythm Heaven Toho game, that's like Toho Rhythm Carnival, that one's super fun, go play that. Um, shit. And like... Uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, there's Toho games that are like that gameplay style. Oh, God, so many fucking games. Um, There's fucking Toho Diablo, (laughs) I feel like. Uh, I definitely remember playing a dungeon crawler type that felt like Diablo. uh, That you controlled two characters and you're going down into a mine. Ah, God, that one, I think... I don't want to say that's Toho Dungeon Dime, but that's one of the mobile games. But anyway... Now, to preference all this, uh, Zune himself, like, all these games have been made by one guy, Zune. I'm not sure if I brought that up yet. Um, But one guy who later went on to make, like, the company, Team Shanghai Alice, who he is the main person. Like, mind you, I don't think there's anyone else that works at Team Shanghai Alice except for Zune, which is the craziest thing because this dude has built, like, single-handedly built one of the biggest series known to man. Um, you know, at least as far as, like, anime, or, like, yeah, no, as far as, like, the anime world's concerned. Because I guarantee you, if you've gone to cons, you have seen Toho stuff. There's always Toho cosplayers. Um, and it's only growing more and more. And you can play certain songs, and people will be like, oh, yeah, no, I know that. Like, Bad Apple is one of the big ones. Um, Seamus Perfect Math Class is another. But there's, like... It's wild to me to think about, you know, how big an intellectual property Toho's become. And Zune, the mega chad that he is, has just straight out said, Ayo, 
If you make it, you got it, Dojin creators. Like, he has the right at any time to be like, no, you can't use this. You can't, you know, stop distributing this, so on and so forth. He retains that right. But ultimately, he's like, hey, if you're making Dojins of my characters, go for it. If you're making music from my, you know, based off my songs, go for it. If you're making fan games, don't use my source code. But if you recreate it, go for it. Like, it's so... He's so cool about it. And then, you know, obviously, you end up talking about, like, the hentai distribution part. Because a big part of the Toho community is the Toho porn. <laughs> he's like, look, man, I don't pay attention to it. Like, I respect Zoon so much. That's why, I like, even though I'm a massive fan of the series, I will always, like, support the company or, like, support the game series any way I can. Um and I will, by all means, like, go out and buy physical copies of the game and, like, give them out to friends and be like, hey, you want to play some Toho? I found this copy of this game for $5 over at an anime convention. Here you go. <laughs> but, no, and it's really cool, too, is, like, Zune has let, has basically let, like, a bunch of different creators take their own spin on the Toho series. And that has given us, like, a lot of official, like, Switch games that you can go to GameStop and pick up. Like, that to me, as a Toho fan from, like, way back 2010, you know, maybe even 2009, um, is so fucking wild to me. Like, anytime I go into GameStop and I see, like, Toho Jinso Wanderer, um, wow, why did I say that in an accent? Toho Jinso Wanderer, um... It blows my mind because, like, way back when, when I first got into Toho, I never thought it'd get as big as it did. Now there's official, like, actual app games that you can download on the App Store that you don't have to go through, uh, you know, a Koo app or anything to get. It's so wild. But anyway, no. So this is, like, this part of the podcast is really where I start gushing about Toho, like, as the fan that I am. Um... And reminder, like, if you want to get into the series, this is probably the easiest way to get into it, is just find a song that you vibe with, or a character that you vibe with, find the original, go from there. But, there's just so many interesting, like, takes on the Toho series. Like, you have Genso Wanderer, that's a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon-like, you know, action RPG, where you don't, or the characters don't move until you move. Um... You have games like uh, Genso Skydrift, which is like a Mario Kart-esque racing game. You have uh, Kabuto Fighter or Kabuto Burst 5, which is a 3D fighting game. It's so fucking wild to me how far people's imagination can go with the Toho series and do it extremely well. Like, to give you an example, and this is, you know, quoting from Wikipedia, because I didn't have like a hard number of this. But if you look up Toho music, like all the different music circles, and these, and like I'm just gonna give you a list of common ones that I've seen playing rhythm games that you might have seen before. Uh, East New Sound, Foxtail Grass Studio, Cooling Create, Buta Otome, IOSYS, Soundholic, Silver Forest, Tash Music Circle. Just those alone, all right? Toho. Like, the fandom music circles, which is all distributed under an, its own group, 
has over 19,000 songs noted. 19,000 songs. And, you know, another big riser is, like, Richard A.B. Or E.B.? A.B.? I I can't remember. He's been doing a lot of metal covers, and he actually got featured in, you know, the mobile game Toho Lost Word. But it's so wild to me that, really, when you look at, like, Toho, um, like, the canon games, each game maybe, excuse me, has, like, 20 20 songs at max. Maybe some have more, some have less. But you have taken, let's say, you know what? Let's just, let's just make this easy, all right? Uh, let's say 20 games. Go ahead and say 20 for easy math, all right? So 20 times 20 is what, 400? You have taken 400 songs and have remixed them, recreated them, reimagined them to 19,000 Different fucking songs of different genres. There's Toho Metal. There's po- Toho Ska. Like, there's a fucking punk ska remix of a bunch of IOSYS songs. And I fucking love it. Like, that is one of my favorite renditions of songs. Because I, like, I love ska music. It's not a genre I really talk about a whole bunch. Because it kind of points back to my skater origins. Um, but, like, I used to listen to, like, Goldfinger... And, oh man, I'm pulling the fucking blank um, as I'm talking about it. Like, I can name the songs. I suck at naming artists. But, anyway, I used to listen to a bunch of ska music, like, when I was in middle school and all, when I was, like, trying to be a skater with my friends. And it was just hearing, like, Toho songs in that ska style just blows my mind. But there's metal. There's so much Toho metal. Uh, there's rock. There's blues. There's Casanova or uh, Bossa Nova. There's uh, lo-fi, there's uh, EDM, there's a massive Toho EDM scene. Um, Eurobeat, Eurobeat, there's so much Toho Eurobeat. That is how I actually got into shuffling. Like, if you, <laughs> if you manage to find this video, I don't, I'm not going to give you enough hints to find it, but there is a video of me on YouTube somewhere that is me dancing to Marco Polo's Dirty Sexy Girl. Uh, that one, which is like a remix of Necrofantasia. And like, <laughs> that was my introduction to shuffling. Like whenever I started doing Euro and, um, you know, just like jump style, I would use Toho EDM songs because I would know, like I knew the melody and then I'd start dancing to them and I'd like practice my T-step and all my jump style shit. God, my Z-steps. Ah, man, that's... That's nostalgic. <laughs> but no, to go on even further than that, um, there is a bunch of Dojin creators. Like, you can look up any character from the series, and you are off to the races. There's almost always guaranteed a, you know, some type of fan art, you know? Even though the most in, like unpopular characters have fan art, and it's just, like, like, Nameless Fairy, like, all the mooks that you shoot through in the curtain stages, like, they have fan art. And you're just like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> bro, what the fuck? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> um, but you can go, people have written stories, people have written manga. Like, I, 
want to take a moment here. This is not, I don't think this is a fan creation, but I do want to talk about this. Um, there are official Toho manga out there that I think Zune is either have a, either had a high part in writing or, um, was, you know, the actual writer of it. I'm not entirely sure though. So I'm just going to list off the ones that immediately come to mind. Uh, Silent Center in Blue is one. Um, Inaba of the Moon and Inaba of the Earth. Uh, my personal favorite, because I love Kornin, or Rinosuke as a character. Uh, Curiosities of Lotus Asia, which that one is... Imagine if you were living in a supernatural world and you didn't have like supernatural powers. Like you were the only basic person um, in a supernatural world. That's what Gorin is. Like, he doesn't have the Damaku abilities. He can supposedly fly, and, you know, he can apparently shoot fire, but we've never really seen it before. At least not in canon. But he's, like, and I love, oh, God, okay. I will save my gushing of Gorin as a character, because I just love his juxtaposition compared to, like, the wild antics of everybody else. He's just a salesman. He's just living his life. And I just, oh, God, I love him. Anyway, uh, Wild and Horn Harame is another one. Um, there's actually some uh, physical ones you can get now that have been officially translated. Uh, Forbidden Scrollery is one that finished not too, too long ago. I am blessed enough to have all of the volumes of that. It was a bit of a, uh, bit of a hunt, um, but thankfully Amazon had all of those, so I picked those up. Um, and I, like, even if you're not into, you know, Toho yet, I really recommend the Monk, like, Forbidden Scrollery because it has such a gorgeous art style. Like, everything's well shaded, everybody's expressive, like, it seems, I feel, I felt bad for the anchor on that one. Like, there's so much darkness in that, but they use it so well. God, and it gives so much information about, like, Jin Sokyo in the Toho universe. And it's just, ah, I love seeing the characters just embark on new journeys. And, like, that isn't, you know, just short. Because, like, that's the thing, too, is when you play the mainline canon Toho games, most dialogue can be filled, like, most character dialogue, single character dialogue, can be summed up on, you know, five pages, if you took all their character dialogue from the game and put it in, it's it's not much. But when you have full-on expansive stories that involve these characters, God, I love it. I love seeing their personalities shine through and, like, all the different interpretations of how they describe characters. Like, and that's the thing, too, is, like, when Fanon meets canon, like, there are a couple of Fanon interpretations of... You know, certain characters I don't really agree with. Um, one of which I and I don't really talk like talking about like things I don't like about Toho because this isn't like anything where it's just like oh I fucking hate this character. But I really hate how like people do Alice because Alice Margatroyd was introduced early on. I think she was in Mystic Square. I think she was the final boss of that. I'm not entirely sure if I'm correct on that. I'm trying to think where Yuka and all falls into the timeline. Um, but I'm pretty sure she was Toho 5. And then she comes back Toho 7 as a boss, like another boss. She's not the end boss, but I want to say she's like stage 3, stage 4. Um, then, you know, becomes a player character in Toho 8 and kind of becomes a mainstay of the series since. 
And I hate how Fanon has kind of warped her character from someone that's like very solemn and studious and, you know, very tactile to someone that's like overly emotional at times. It's hard to explain without, you know, showing it, but and like who obsesses over Marissa and all that. And it's just like, uh, like there's actually a, a song that's like, um, all is fair in love and Ali and Ali Mari, which is their ship name for Alice and Marissa. And it's just basically Alice going nuts, trying to like take out all the competition from Marissa so she could have her for herself. And just like in that interpret, and like that's the thing too is Toho is such a massive, you know, group idea set of characters. IP is probably the best word for it that you're going to run into interpretations you don't like. By all means, do not go and start flaming the artist or the creator who designed it, spent time, and really just, like, developed their own interpretation of the character. Don't go and attack them because they don't meet your requirements. Like, seriously, just close the webpage and continue on. I guarantee you'll find more of what you like if you continue to look. Uh, But anyway, because that's, like... All right, slight tangent. That's one of the things I really dislike about Twitter is if... People, like, if you find an artist that you dislike, like, ah, well, no, that's not even exactly right. I, let me back this up. So, if I find an artist on Twitter, right, like a big, like a bigger artist that has, like, hundreds of comments down on their thing, and it's about, like, characters that I'm interested in, some people will, like, go out of their way to just, like, directly attack the artist and be like, why did you draw the character like this? And this reference, blah, 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 blah. You know, and I hate that. Like, I feel as though art has always been an expression of the mind and, you know, being able to create things from nothing is such a gift that so few people really harness to its most innate ability that when you have harnessed that and somebody just comes up and, like, takes a direct hit at what you've done... Like, yeah, no, there are absolutely some terrible things that should never be depicted in art. I get that. But going after somebody because they drew your character in a, you know, different dress, you know, something that they imagined for the character that they might wear in this event. Like, for example, Toho Lost Word has a bunch of costumes for the characters. And some people have absolutely gone and, like, ridiculed some of them. Because it's just like, oh, my character would never wear something like that. How dare you? And it's just like, bruh, it's not that deep. <laughs> it's not that deep, my dude. Uh, anyway, you know, that I'm getting like way too off the cuff on that. But yeah, no. So, you know, you have Forbidden Scrollery. It has like a bunch of information about the characters and shows more of the personalities. Uh, most recently... You have uh, Lotus Eaters, which I think is getting a physical release soon, I hope. And then you also have uh, Foul Detective Satori, which is coming out. Then there's, like, magazines and all that, too. But these are, like, official mangas that are coming out that it, you know, goes more into the detail of, like, different characters that Zoom oversees. Um, And then, on top of that you have a bunch of official, like, mobile games. And just to kind of jump ship for a little bit, 
there's Toho, well, there was Toho Cannonball, which, ah, oh, God, I wish, I wish there was somebody out there that could, like, recreate the servers for that, because Toho Cannonball was such a great game. It was, like, um, Fantasy Street? Fantasy Street in the sense of, you know, you go around, you claim properties. It's, like, it was like Mario Party, Fantasy Street, and uh, Monopoly all combined into a single game where, you know, you went around, you claim different properties, you're gaining, you know, money to get to, you know, the next level. Once you hit a certain level, you could go back and you win the game. Like, that was the objective for some of them. Others was like, go take on this boss. Um, but it was so cool because you could have, like, a whole team of characters that, you know, you got to see them in, like, 3D and have, like, full-on battles with. And it was just, like... You know, in the middle of the field during your turn. And it was multiplayer. Like, ah, oh, man. And they had full voice acting for the characters. It was great. It was only in Japanese. But that one, unfortunately, died. Toho Dungeon Dive was one that I've seen. And I've never really given it much time. Um, but that was an official one. The two that I know that are ongoing now are Toho Danmaku Kagura which is the Japanese-only rhythm game, which is such a fucking good rhythm game. Ah, oh, God. I love Namaku Kagura. I haven't played it in a long while because I was spending so much time into it. But if you ever played anything like Bang Dream, um, was it Idol Masters, School Idol Festival, uh, or those are the two that... Uh, Colorful World, isn't that the Hatsune Miku one? I think that's it. Um, basically, if you've ever played any of those rhythm games where like you're hitting the notes down the rails, Toho Del Makukagura is very much the same. The difference between this one, though, is in the middle, like in the high point of the songs, you will have what is like a Damaku battle-ish. Um, you can actually... Okay, so there are two different types of songs in that. Uh, you can either have the ones that you continue playing the song and you're doing damage to the boss character of that song, like whatever theme they remixed, you are, you know, attacking that character to knock down, you know, their HP bars. And the way you do that is by having, like, really strong characters of a certain type uh, that are strong against the other's uh, weakness type and by performing well. Like, you just continuously do damage and then, you know... After you beat a health bar, you get like a bo- like a point bonus. But anyway, you do that, or you can actually have like Damaku battles. So like it'll swap perspectives for a second, and you are actually moving the character to the rhythm of the song to dodge bullets. It is cool as fuck. I love Damaku Kagura. I wish I wish they would go ahead and put that on English, like translate it and put it out because. I want to know what they're actually going on about in the story. From what I can read and what I can understand from my Japanese studies is Don Makukagura is basically, you know, going back and reliving dreams and the events of prior games and helping everybody remember who they are. Like, the Kaguras are like dream bubbles, so to speak. But I'm not entirely sure if that's even remotely correct. <laughs> But now you come to, you know, Toho Lost Word, which is easily one of the most, um, one of the most, I don't want to say, I don't want to say, you know, controversial, because it's not by any means, but at the same time, like, 
the Toho fan base is divided on it. And what I mean on that is um, they have basically... Some people absolutely hate it because it's a gotcha game. And other people, like, absolutely love it because it's a great... It's a Toho game on phone that's officially released. You know, some people look at it and it's just like, oh, you know, they made X character more like, oh, man, I I love you, protagonist. And it's just like, that. they don't really do that. Like, the immediate contrast, that, or, like, the immediate comparison I see sometimes is it's similar to Fate Grand Order and the way that's played and the way that the you know, romance, quote-unquote, goes in the games, where the more you use a character, the higher the affection meter for them goes. But a lot of the characters aren't, like, swooning over you at all. You know, yes, you are, in times, the Mary Sue main character, but at also, like, because it's just like, oh, the characters are like, oh, you know, it's a pleasure to meet you, I'm so-and-so. Oh, you're a human from the outside world. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm so-and-so. And it's just, like, I get that, like, annoyance with it. But at the same time, it's still cool to see, like, new stories. At least to me. It's still cool to see new stories get developed around these characters we've known for years. And, like, how far they've continued to go with it. And I love some of the imagination. Like, it feels perfect for Gen Sokyo. Like... The fall event when Minoriko was released, it was all about having a sisters contest. And it was like talking about the sisters of Gen Sokyo and showing, like, you know, a side of the characters that we don't really see where, like, characters are proud of their little sisters. Um, you know, they're proud to be the big sister, they're supportive of their sisters. And it's just like, it's a refreshing take on a, so much of the series that, like, we, I, I mean, at least in my opinion, we don't really get to see as much. Um, especially in official media. But anyway, to kind of go on beyond that as well, there are a bunch of, you know, Toho Switch games out there that if you're interested in, I highly recommend you try. Uh, there is Toho Spell Bubble, which is developed by Taito, of all people. It's a Bubble Bobble-esque game, but it has a rhythm element where if you go into like a... So basically, if you clear a bunch of bubbles all at once you are able to go into a rhythm mode that as you um, as you are clearing out the bubbles, you are moving towards different like different bubbles on the map and you are if you hit like your button at the same time or as in time with rhythm, you get like bonus damage. It's real it's hard for me to explain. Honestly, if you find it on sale, I highly recommend it. Of course, it is a Taito game which means there's DLC out the ass, but it's also expensive, so I understand if people are kind of put off by that. But, in the same regard, I will say the main story that you get and all the songs that you get from playing through the story is well enough on its own that I don't think you really need the DLC unless you just want more songs to play. And, you know, going off of the Taito conversation for a second, if you have ever played, like, a lot of rhythm games from Japan, like any of those arcade games, you have probably seen a Toho section. And that's also to kind of just, again, reinstate how crazy the music scene is for Toho. And I just, like, I really want people to, like, go and experience the Toho music and have fun with it and just, you know, find a genre that you like, find some music that you like, 
from that and then, you know, find the characters, find the original game and go. I think, again, I think that's the best way to go into it. But anyway, you know, and like that's, to kind of circle back around one more time, I want to do say this, or I want to do, I want to say this about Lost Word one more time too, is like, I really think that people see the gotcha element as a turnoff because they're used to other gotcha games. And we've had a whole podcast about gotcha games. Like, you know, some of them are really money grubby. And I will say this because, yo, Toho Lost Word ain't sponsoring me. I can say this. Um, I do think at times they absolutely try to target, like, the more whale audience to try and make you roll for more than what it's worth. And I think at one point, the prices between, you know, JP Toho Lost Word, which is a couple of months ahead of ours, and uh, EN Global were, like, vastly different. I feel as though, and, like, thinking back on it, and mind you, this might have been a quality of life change that they made later on that I never experienced because I stopped playing JP when EN came out. But I noticed that in a lot, like, every time you go to get your free item from the shop, you're almost always bombarded with, hey, you can spend $25 to buy this pack. That's a limited-time pack. Don't you want this pack? And then, like, when you're, like, navigating through the screens, every now and again you'll get hit with, hey, we have this pack. You should buy this pack. And it's like, ah. Me, personally, and I brought this up on the Gotcha podcast as well. Me, personally, I do the $5 a month pack where it's just like, oh, hey, you know, log in every day. You get 20 of the premium currency, which after, you know, X amount of days will be enough for me to do Uh, one of the special rules, or I can buy a costume and, like, boost up my points for an event going on. But I feel as though, you know, people make the gotcha element way much larger than it ever has to be. Like, the game is extremely friendly to -to free-to-play players, but it is, I can absolutely agree with them, you know, it is very money hungry. They want you to spend money. And I think, you know, based on how far the support and all has gone for the game and how, like, serious a lot of players are about it, I think it will continue on for a good long time, which makes me really happy. Um, but at the same time, I wish... Like, my biggest complaint, and I think a lot of people's complaints about it too, is if you are a free-to-play player... There's, like, no break time between, you know, events and um, event. Well, there's some break time between events, but there's no real break time between banners. Like, they will drop some, like, really OP characters that break the meta of the game. And, you know, it's just like, hey, you want this uh, EOSD Reimu that's super powerful and gets her own tier? Uh, you only have, like, two weeks to get her. You know, you can buy these packs, Tee. And then she's never come back in rotation yet. Like, right now we are going through uh, the Lunar War revision of the characters. And, you know, the different multi... And, like, I like the fact that we have multi-dimensions and, like, multi-dimension theories and shit going off the wall on this one. Um, but... I sit there sometimes, I'm like, hey, yo, why exactly am, or why exactly 
are you guys continuously trying to shovel these characters in our faces? Like, I get it. If you really like a character, you're going to spend money on it, and that's what they intend for. But at the same time, like, I have never felt the need to put, like, pull out money out of my wallet and be like, I I just really need this character. It's going to make my team. Because that's the thing, too, is, like, and I think, you know, a lot of people don't really realize this, but you don't really need the most OP characters in the game. Like, it's all PvE. It's never, I don't think at all, has ever been a PvP element. Like, if I was going against other, like, that's the thing, like, to compare it to Guardian Tales... Um, if I'm playing with other people, I would absolutely, you know, try and do more team building things to make sure I'm doing like max damage. So that way during raid bosses or whatever, I can help everybody take it out. But like the one raid boss that we had in EN was basically just like this giant thing of tofu that it was like, oh, hey, as we all individually defeat our own tofus, you know, a global score goes up and it's just like okay, like, okay, cool, I guess, like, mm. and I and I really think, like, some of the people that, like, really just dislike gotcha games look at that, and, like, the fact that it even has a gotcha element and just shuts the game out without giving it a chance, yeah, are some characterizations of the characters a little off, uh, yeah, I can agree to that, but it's the same, you know, same thing I was saying earlier, you know, the fandom, and what you want out of a character and what you get out of a character are sometimes two completely different things. But if you want to find something in a character, you will probably find it somewhere out there. You just got to look for the right spots. And that in itself has gotten me to find like a bunch of great artists too. Like I absolutely love, I believe her at is Arita. Um, Arutan maybe? She does Minariko art mostly. She has some OC characters, but she's done like you know, blankets and mugs and, oh, God, I love, I love how she draws Minariko so much. It's so fucking cute. I, uh, but yeah, no, as you find, like, characters that you like, you'll find artists. And, like, if you're an artist yourself, I think it's a great way to, like, you know, interact with other artists, especially if you get into Toho. Now, mind you, you know, I'm speaking kind of biasly because I'm not an artist and I don't know about all the things that go behind the curtain. You know, I think to some degree art in general has a very toxic community to some aspects because I don't think people really always want to watch you succeed, you know, to compare it to streamers. There's some people out there that just want to talk shit and watch other people fail. And I feel like the art community is very similar to that. But at the same time, I think it's still a massive enough community that so long as you like refine your own art style and you have a character that you like, you will build a following at least in my opinion, without knowing that much about it. <clears throat> anyway, whoo, man, I can't believe I just rambled for over an hour about Toho. Holy shit. I mean, it's not that surprising. I'm a massive fan of the series and, like, now is probably the good time to transition into, you know, my experience with the series and everything else. Uh, but I do want to say, if you, like, by all means, if you have questions about the Toho series and you want to talk Toho, feel free to hit me up on Twitter, Discord, um, or the email at Plumes Or, uh, no, on Twitter at Phantasmaplumes. Um, at Gmail. At, it's like Plumescast, P-L-U-M-E-S-C-A-S-T at Gmail.com. 
by all means, I love talking Toho. I love going to community panels. I love listening to Toho or Gen Sokyo Radio. Uh, if you want to, like, and that's the thing too is like, um, there's so many different groups that do so many different things with the Toho Project IP. Like Gen Sokyo Radio is a online streaming service that you can listen into, and it's like having an actual radio where like. You know, they'll go through a bunch of different music. I think you can actually go and request songs. And then I feel as though they have podcasts still. I'm not sure if they still do anymore. But there was a Toho Tuesday group that was doing podcasts for a while. I actually saw them at uh, Anime Week in Atlanta one year. And it was super cool. Like, I love meeting new people from the Toho community. Like, even though me, myself, I have never been that, like, invested in the Toho community... Um, or at least the fan community. There was a part of the community, which I'm going to talk about, that I was heavily invested in uh, for a while, and that and ultimately ended up on me, like, basically me getting more and more involved with Twitter and, you know, meeting a bunch of people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. But that is a conversation for a little bit longer, or a little bit later. But anyway, yeah, no, like... I just, like, straight out, I love Toho fans. If you're a Toho fan and you want to connect, you now know how to connect with me. I want to know what your favorite game is. I want to know what EX Boss gave you the hardest time. Uh, and I want to know, you know, what you think of Minoriko. And if it's anything less than she is a goddess, then I will personally hunt you down like the vermin you are. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I swear, please don't report me. <laughs> like that—that that would be the way I go to jail. It's just straight out. Yeah, I was threatened over a podcast over a fictional 2D character. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but anyway, um, to kind of like back all the way back and give you my full-on uh, Toho experience. I would say I first discovered... I started discovering Toho probably as early as 07, you know, thinking about it. Like, realistically, um, there was a bunch... Like, there's... I've always saw, like, Night of Nights come up because I would be listening to, like, Sonic music or something like that. And there was a Night of Nights X Sonic 2 remix that I think uses, like, one of the Casino Zones uh, as the sound font. And I would, like, eventually I found it, I was curious, I clicked it, I listened to it, I'm like, damn, this is a fucking bop. And I'm like, man, whoever came up with this is really cool. I don't understand who this character is that's standing up next to Sonic, but, yo, this is dope as shit. And then I ended up finding, um, I ended up finding, like, the actual Night of Night song, and I listened to it, I'm like, bro, what the fuck, this is so good. And that would be, like, the only song I listened to. So, actually, back during that time... I was working as a mascot character. I may have talked about this before, but I was a leprechaun. Actually, this is a perfect time to talk about because it's almost St. Patrick's Day. Um, but I was a leprechaun for a family friend's restaurant where I'd spin a sign out front for like 25 bucks a weekend. But <laughs> it was definitely child labor. But, you know, uh, I, wanted, I wanted money to buy games and candy and shit. But anyway... So I had this thing called a Play It Now, which if you have never heard of this thing, like this thing was absolutely, like you cannot make something like this anymore because this circumvented so many copyright things. Like 
it basically the way it worked is you would unhook a section of it. It had a audio jack and you would plug that in and hit record and you could record up to 30 minutes worth of music. Now, mind you, 30 minutes is not a long time. I know that. But back in the day, <laughs> when you could go up to your, like, and I had one of those TVs that had, like, the headphone jack in it. So I would go up to the TV. I remember hooking up Brawl and, like, playing a bunch of Brawl music. And then, you know, I had that. And then I had Night of Nights. And I had, like, a couple other songs on there. And I would just listen to that for hours on repeat. Anytime I needed like a good boost, because it's all like high boost ener- or high beat energy type songs. I'm like, yes, this is it. This is what I need. Oh, God. I, by all means, to any of my younger listeners or to my older listeners, anyway, curious, look this thing up. It, again, it is a play it now. It looks like a fucking rock. With small ass buttons, and it had the cool thing too was like it had games on it too. It had like Snake, uh, Tetris, like an off core version of Tetris. This thing really probably wasn't like you know copyright friendly, and that's probably why they stopped making them. But at the same time, God, it was so fun. And then you had like a little dude. I remember this little dude that like you'd hit the buttons, and if he hit certain combinations, he'd dance in like different ways. Ah. Glorious days, glorious. I need to see if I can't find mine. I might, I might go look. Fuck. Now I got an NES and a play it now to look it up. But anyway, 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 anyway. So I found, you know, th- that remix. I found the original song, and then I started getting recommended to like other Toho things. Now, mind you, back during that time, I was like first getting into anime, so I was like, you know, at that time, I was probably still watching like Detective Conan. Uh, Love Hina was my really first anime that, like, I looked up for. And so, and, like, Beating Angel Dokuro-chan was, like, another one that came up. Yeah, no, I really jumped across genres there. But um, I ended up finding, like, more Toho music. And then I found, like, the quintessential OG meme of Tohoverse, which was, like, Ronald McDonald, like, the JP Ronald McDonald you know, to the beat of uh, you and Owen was her. And it's just like, run, run, run. And it's just like, God, oh, man. I looked that up when I was preparing for this podcast. And I, like, watched it, like, three times. And it's just like, oh, man. And that's how, like, a lot of people got into Toho, like, from various panels that I've gone to. And when the question is asked, like, how did you get into Toho? It's just like, oh, yeah, no, the music or the memes. It has absolutely been a welcoming point to so many different people. And the fact that mine was a fucking remix of Sonic 2 and Night of Nights will always haunt me as being a Toho fan. But anyway, so I eventually found, like, a bunch of the music. And, you know, as I'm getting older at this point, I'm working different jobs. Like, I remember I was a detailer for uh, Cherokee Lincoln Ford. And I was, you know, washing cars and like you, if you don't know what a detailer is to really quickly explain it is essentially a professional car wash where I could like at the young tender age of like 16, I could fully reupholster fucking seat and like I could shampoo, I could, I did paint jobs, like 
touch-up paint. Um, I redid rims. Like, I got my hands so dirty during those, like, two summers. Like, I worked there for, like, about two years, honestly. Um, But in the mornings, when it was just me, I would go to YouTube, and I'd start blaring, like, Toho music, like, Toho EDM. And as I'm cleaning up the shop before everyone else got there, and it was just like, ah, dude, I miss those days. It was so much fun. Like, it was so, like, waking up at, like, 5 in the morning, being there at 6 a.m., ah, I'm getting nostalgic, turning on, like, the old Windows XP computer, because they didn't have Win 7 yet, um, and going to YouTube, finding my playlist, going nuts on it. Like, I still have the OG playlists, because I used to just make, like, Toho playlists, 1, 2, and 3. I would fill those up so quickly. I'd find the song that I wanted to listen to, and I'd just blare it across the detail shop, because I was the only one there for, like, two hours. And then as the sun starts coming up, I'd go turn it off, because it's getting close to 7 o'clock when the other guys are getting there. Um, And I would just clean cars with, you know, guys that were in their 40s, 50s, (laughs) <laughs> as this young kid getting life advice oh man i i should try and reach out to some of those fuckers i haven't talked to them in a long time but anyway so you know that was kind of how it went from there and then like after eighth grade so i was part of this i guess group i don't i don't know like school funded group but it was like the suit cult. no i don't know if it was the suit club or not now that I think about it, it might have been something else. But essentially, the whole point of the club was to, you know, be leaders type. Like, be a leader. And if you completed the course, you got a free laptop. Now, mind you, back in the day when, like, I didn't have any computer to my own, that was so fucking cool to me. It was an old latitude. I think I still have it, honestly, because I was so, like, attached to it. Um, but that, like, after eighth grade is when I started playing the Toho games officially, and I started with Toho 6, I went on to 7, 8, 9, 10, I think at the time, 11 was either just coming, no, I think, I think when I was, like, really getting into the Toho games, because I only discovered 6 to begin with, and I was like, oh, well, let me find out about 1 through 5, and it was, like, PC emulator type stuff, and I'm like, I don't know anything about this. And that that inspired me to look at the MS-DOS shit. And God, I really don't want to imagine that Toho is part of the reason why I became an IT guy. But you know what? If Fancy Star Online 2 is part of the reason why, then you know what? Toho can be a part of that reason too. <laughs> but anyway, so no, I got into the games. And then I... Um, I started playing those, like, religiously to get good at them. And I could do all the way to, like... I couldn't do a lot of the EX bosses back then. Because, like, I was always sitting awkwardly with the computer. Nowadays, you know, now that I had, like, an actual keyboard and all, I could probably do it. But it would be a full-ass struggle. And I would need to practice again for a good long while before I could get good at it. But anyway, so I got into the games. I got other people into the games with me. Like, I fondly remember uh, before 11... Like, I started bringing my laptop with me to school, right? Just so that way I could play Toho games during lunch. And, like, also I had, to be fair, I was also playing, like, other games on my computer as well. Like, 
I think I was playing Rune Factory 2 was a big one. Uh, I was playing through, like, a couple of the Rune Factories because my DS broke, and I couldn't play the copy that I had. And, like, my friends was like, oh, if you own the copy, this is legal. I'm like, mm, <laughs> mm. So he hooked it up for me, I was just, and I was always, like, apprehensive about playing it because I was like, well, this seems wrong. But anyway, um, so I went on to further, like, go on and play, like, a bunch of the Toho games. But I fondly remember uh, 11th grade, I would go into school with my laptop, and Jaleel and I would play Toho Puzzle Day Zenin Shogu, which is the Toho Poyo clone, for, like, I'd say about, like, 40 minutes before class started. And even when class started, because, like, even our uh, home ec teacher would come up, or culinary arts is the proper term, uh, would come up and watch us at times. And I was just like, yeah, no, nah, this is great. This is great. And, like, <laughs> that's probably why I got into Puyo, honestly, because then we ended up finding Puyo Versus 2 so we could play online. Um, and then we ended up meeting Cthulhu and everybody else. God, Toho, Toho, when I say it like that, is the reason why I got into fucking Puyo to the level I did. Jesus. To, to, like, I don't realize these things until I start saying them out loud. But Toho really has been, like, my gateway to a bunch of different things. Because here's another thing that was a gateway to. So, fast forward, it is now probably 11th, 12th grade. Um, me and Jaleel are seeing Markiplier blow up as a content creator playing games. Like, and we decide we want to do it. So... This ended up being the golden age of what I like to call, or I don't even like, 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 I want to call it the pre-Seth streaming phase. This was, uh, you know, we were trying to make YouTube videos using a Dazzle, if you know what that is. Um, and we had, like, a group of friends that we'd all talk on a Skype call together and, like, try and, you know, make content together it was a lot of fun um using the same program that i'm using now to record this vegas pro 14 but i would or like we had this group called think again commentaries and the whole point of it was we were playing retro games that like people don't really talk about anymore and it was just like oh yeah no you know think again and like the whole premise of the show was you know after playing for like x amount of time would we say, you know, hey, you should think again about this game, like, in a positive way or in a negative way? And we did a couple of episodes of it. Like, there, maybe one day, if I ever, like, get big in, like, any type of community, I'll release some of the old videos. Because I have a couple of the old YouTube, uh, a couple of the old YouTube videos that we made on my account that I upload, like, all the Twitch uh, videos from, or the Twitch VODs, and we'll soon be upload. actually, no, this is a good transition, uh, I've decided here recently that I'm going to start uploading Plumescast to YouTube as well, it's not gonna be anything, like, fancy-fancy, um, but I'm basically gonna have, like, the static image and the sound bar going up and down, so if people wanna, you know, listen to it via YouTube, you can, I'm trying to just make it more accessible for everybody, but anyway, um, and I don't know when I'm going to start doing that, but of course I'll gradually roll out the episodes across a couple of days. Uh, but anyway, 
So I still have those videos on YouTube. And, like, I remember we did Banjo-Kazooie. And then I remember us doing fucking Mario Kart Wii. And we had this whole-ass duel. We had this whole-ass duel with this modder whose name was, like, Huge Wee Wee. <laughs> Jaleel and I would, like, try and kick his ass. And we did okay, actually. Like, I don't think he turned on the cheat codes until, like, later on. Because, like, we would be playing... uh you know, battle mode or some shit, and, like, he would always get stars, and it's just, like, man, and he had, like, max points, too, but, and, like, the best part about it was, as we're doing this, as you're watching this gameplay or whatever, you can clearly see, like, the Skype interface, like, you see Jaleel's, like, a picture of Jaleel just lighting up every now and again, I almost akin it to, like, some of these VTuber setups or these PNG setups where you just see, like, the picture move. <laughs> we were the OGs, man. We deserve some credits. <laughs> oh, my sweet baby Christ. Ah. God, to even imagine all this could be... Anyway, anyway, all this said... um. We ultimately started, like, making social pages. I think the Facebook page for Think Again Commentaries is still up there somewhere. And I never, like, took the time to delete it. Because it's just like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm leaving this on here. Um, but my original Twitter account was for Think Again Commentaries. And I don't know what possessed me to look. But, like, one day I was just browsing Twitter and I saw, like, I thought about searching Toho, and I found the Toho RP community, like the Toho roleplay community, and I was so enthralled, like I was absolutely blown away that people were taking time out of their days to continuously write these characters. Like at first, I thought they were all official, and I actually used that like Think Again Commentaries account. Um, to, like, at a couple of these people and be like, hey, what are you guys doing? Like, I'm curious about this. And they're like, oh, hey, you know, we're role-playing. Like, I got this whole introduction to, like, RP and what to do and what not to do. And so I ended up, God, this is going to be cringe as fuck, and I apologize to anybody that hears this. But this is part of why I actually started writing um, later on. But, well, no. It, I take that back. It was a continuation because, as I may have may, or may not have mentioned on this show, um, I have absolutely written seven, eight books, give or take, um, that originally started as a fucking Animal Crossing fanfic. But I eventually developed my own, you know, story characters, uh, like story characters, plot, all that shit was all original ideas, and it all stemmed for that. So I ended up taking the main character from that series, and I sent him to Gensokyo. And I was just like, ah, yes, this is this is going to be the greatness that is. And people were, like, really receptive of him. You know, and it was really chill. Even though he was a cringe Mary Sue, like, oh, sorry. Uh, he was, like, a cringe Mary Sue. I was like, bruh. You know, well, I wasn't saying bro back then, but I was just like so enthralled and so engaged in like this Toho community that I never even knew existed. Like, 
I knew there must have been people out there, but I couldn't find them anywhere. Now that I found like this massive community of people that are all playing my favorite characters, it was just like, yeah, I'm going to be a part of this. And that's actually how I learned Walthus. And that, oh my god, just thinking about it, Walthus is, you know, how I make all of my Plumes promos. Like, my character is Walthus. In fact, the character that I use is the same character I designed way back when for Toho RP. I just love the design of him so much that I'm like, you know what, that, that, that's me. That's me. I, as I make things, that's me. But anyway, just thinking about it, like, if you guys are anywhere remotely familiar with VTubers, um, especially Hololive EN, there is a artist named Walfi who went and created the program Walfus, which is basically, to describe it in a lack of terms, oh, excuse me, uh, to explain it in a lack of terms, it is a group of um or a group of different like assets that you can take that he's drawn or they've drawn i don't know pronouns um and you can rearrange them however you want to like they're customizable like you have each arm or you have like separate arms that you can pose uh, all the facial expressions on each of the characters so he went or they went through and developed all this and it's so fucking cool. And, like, they ended up going on to start doing stuff for, like, you know, Hololive EN. And now all their chibi art, like, those small characters, that was all Walfi. And they got their start from doing Toho. And it's just, like, so it blows my mind at times how far Toho has come for certain people. Like, Richard A.B. or E.B., I always forget which one it is. Um, he was he made like metal covers of Toho music, and now his stuff is featured in you know Toho Lost Word, an official you know Toho media. But anyway, so yeah, no, I had this like OC character that I created in Walfus. I loved his design so much, and I love the accessibility of Walfus that I continue to this day make Plume's promos using it. Um, that said, you know, and that's another thing too, is like I, the Plume's promos I'm probably going to take a little bit of a break from for a little bit longer as I'm figuring things out. Um, but all that artwork and all, I've become so proud of it. And like, and that's the thing too, is like I was trying to make an animation in Walfus to be a you know promo to the channel and all that. And, God, there's so much content in Walfus alone. Like, Spastica was one that immediately comes to mind. There was another couple of, like, big Toho creator or big Walfus creators um, that, you know, for a while, that's how we got, like, different Toho medias. And it was, like, skit parody type stuff. It was so cool, man. Ah, oh, I loved it. So, anyway, I made this character. I used assets to, like show how he was interacting with the different characters. And it was really cool, really wholesome. I miss those days sometimes. But I... And that just only plunged me deeper into the RP... Com or, like, yeah, into the RP community and into the Toho community itself. 
Now, mind you, you know, years later, like this is probably now about eight years later at this point, uh, I don't really do much of that anymore. Uh, I still keep a Corin account because I think, you know, Toho versus never really had an active one um, where all I do is I show up every now and again and I just like give some fatherly, sagely advice, like the cool uncle type. You'd be like, oh yeah, you know, this is what I think of this. And by the way, there's a sale going on, like, come on and hang out. Like, I love Corin's perspective on so many different things because he's not this, he's not a god, he's not like this supernatural character, you know, he's not a vampire, he's not a ghost, he's a half-beast, sure. Um, but he doesn't, like, you, like, he's just so chill, and I relate to him so much, because it's just, like, being, having worked customer service, um, I know that, like, mindset that they want you to present, and I can just use that, like, bullshit, oh, the customer's always right, you know, mentality to write Corin. and I've had so many interesting stories and events happen with him, where it's just, like, you know, there was one time where, uh, there was a Don Maku battle not far out of Korindo, you know, the store that he owns, and it blew off the roof of, <laughs> it blew off the roof of Korindo, and he's just sitting there, like, minding his own business, reading a book, and somebody just blows a fucking laser across the top, and it all caves in, and he just comes outside, and he's like, bruh, the fuck, who did that? And he's like, well, I'm going to pay, or I'm going to repair this, but you're going to pay for it. He didn't say it like that seriously. It was just like, oh, well, I guess I'll, uh, I guess I'll get to work. You know, I was going to rotate the stock for, you know, summer coming up. It's okay. I, I, I've been wanting to redo the roof anyway. You know, just like the fatherly, like, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed type. Ah, pure bliss. But anyway... That all brings me to the question of the night provided to me by my dear Jules. Uh, what is my favorite Toho, mainline or otherwise? So my favorite Toho, I've already talked about it a fair bit, is Toho 10. Like, I, because it just feeds to so many things that I love. The autumnal vibes, the music, the characters... Like, I just adore Mountain of Faith. It is a hard game by all means. Um, you know, definitely not one that you want to just get your feet wet with Toho with. But I absolutely just adore everything about it. It's such a different game from, like, the previous games prior to. Like, you have to think about it. Uh, seven, you introduced the Supernatural Border, which is like a shield. Eight, you had the Time Mechanic. Nine, you had, um, like, it was split-screen Damaku fights. And then ten was, like, basically going back to six, but more refined. And, like, considering six was my first one, I really just took to ten. It was hard as fuck. And, like, the last boss, Kaneko, um, she would actually punish you. So one of the mechanics in Toho is you have what's known as a, like, a, you have, like, a screen clear known as bombs or spells. And, you know, every time you use one, you are invincible. You wipe off enemies on the screen and, like, bullets around you. You're safe for a while. Or you can use it to save a life if you have two bombs and you hit a bomb the second you get hit. Um, but Kanako, if you use bombs during her spell cards, would go invincible and you could not hit her. 
Now, the interesting thing about Toho 10 was they changed the bomb mechanic for that one, where every time you used a bomb, you used a portion of your power, which, to explain that in brief, is basically the more uh, power-up elements that you collect, the stronger your shots became and the more spread out they were. And every time you used a bomb, it cost one power. So you would trade off, you know, firepower for a temporary save. And depending on the shot type that you're using, it could either be, like, really well worth it or not. But, ah, oh man. I just remember, like, really trying to get good at Toho 10 and to beat Suiko, uh, the EX boss. But I just, mm. And, like, even right now, I can hear the waterfall theme in my head. Like, that is one song that I will continuously hum because it just makes me feel really happy, you know? It's such a good song. Um, but talking about otherwise, like, if I reach outside the fa- like the canon and go into the fandom, uh, if I have to say which one is my favorite game, I would have to say my favorite Toho IP game, whatever... I really, 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 really like Luna Knights. Luna Knight and, like, the Toho Castlevania games. Uh, So there are a pair of Toho Castlevania games. I forget what they're called off the top, like, the actual names of them. But there's a pair of Toho Castlevania games. And then there is Luna Knights, which is, you know... Again, similar type concept where you play. It plays like a like an OG Castlevania type game. I would actually say uh, Toho Castlevania One and Two play more like a traditional Castlevania, while Luna Knights plays more like a Sonata of the Night, where or Sympathy of the Night rather, where you backtrack. It's Metroidvania esque, but. And you get more power-ups and more time options. Oh, God, it's so good. And the controls are so good. And the music's so good. And I like the fucking dark, gritty reimagining of Toho characters in the Castlevania universe. Like, those have been, like, really good games. And, like, I love how you have different options to, like, basically transverse throughout the game. Like, Reimu in the first game uh, has so many different, like, jumps and, and, like, can fly... And drop kicks and ah, oh, feels good. You have like so many different options of how to get around. And then like Sakuya in the second one is more floaty, but it feels just as like it feels just as good to be like you're floaty, but you're not like without gravity. And you're able to punish and like absolutely take advantage of things. And the better you get, the more powerful you feel. And it's fully voice acted. Oh, God, Toho Scarlet Curiosity 2. Wait, is that it? Did I just come up with a name off the top? I think I just did. Um, but that one's fully voice acted, and it's just so good. It's so good. Uh, if you can find it anywhere, please play it. Luna Nights you can actually find on most uh, systems now. I know it's on Steam. I know it's on Xbox Game Pass, or it was. Uh, PlayStation has it for sure, and I know for a fact it's on Switch. But that is, without a doubt, one of my favorite, like, I love Metroidvania-type games, and the fact that it's Toho makes it that much better. Uh, If I could give a secondary, um, like, a secondary recommendation, I really liked, um, I really liked Genso Wanderer. 
because and like some people will complain that's way too chatty but I think by now you guys can kind of tell I really like when it's chatty I like seeing the characters interact with each other in different environments and different settings um and all of them basically be like bro what the fuck is going on like why is this happening there's but there's like and I don't really want to spoil anything but I love like, Rinosuke is a main character in Genso Wanderer, so obviously it's a 10 out of 10 for me, and I love his voice actor, it's so, and like, the lines, like, some of the jokes in those just hit so differently, I just, mm, chef's kiss, Mwah. delicious, but, <laughs> but really, you know, if you're looking for a Toho game to get into, um, and you don't want to give the main lines a try, I would definitely, get, or like the cannons a try, I would definitely recommend Genso Wanderer. You can usually find it on sale. There's a second one out, actually, uh, that's out on Steam. I've picked it up. I've yet to give it a shot. Um, but there's also, like like I said before, there's a bunch of different Toho different, or Toho different properties. Uh, Toho made or Toho themed, flavored uh, games. Like, if you like Kirby, there's, along with Sane Kochiya's Kamikaze, which was a fan game that remakes Spring Breeze, where you play as Sane, and you have, like, copy abilities and all that, and you basically go against, like, four different bosses. Uh, I want to say you have... And it might have been Kirby's Adventure, now that I think about it, more so than, you know, Spring Breeze, or maybe a combination of the two, but you have... First boss is Marissa, second boss is uh, the Hisen Toku Robot... And then uh, you have Iku as third boss, and then final boss is Tenshi. And the music's all really cute and soft remixes. Ah, it's so good. I was planning to let Jules play it the next time she was over. We were talking about it before, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, when you're free, uh, we will definitely play it. I think the creator of that was going to make a Suiko, like a, sec- like a sequel to it. And I don't know if, where that ended up going. Um, but there's Toho Mother. If you're a fan of Earthbound, there's a really extensive Toho game, um, that basically plays, like, Earthbound. It's so, it's hard. Like, that's the thing I will say, too, is a lot of these different Toho flavors, uh, will kick your ass. Like, Toho sometimes is unapologetically hard. Uh, Genso Defenders is actually one that I've been putting time in here on the Switch. That's just, like... You know, your typical Defender-type game. Uh, I uh, You can kind of think of it as uh, destroy all or- orcs or kill all orcs, whatever the hell it is. Uh, same kind of, like, comedy-esque style, fully voiced, uh, but with, like, wacky traps. Oh, what else is there? What else is there? Like I said, Sky Drift. Um, man, I, I'm pulling a bit of a blank. But anyway, I think I have given you guys a pretty good deep dive into Tohoverse. Um, Obviously, there's so many different avenues for you to go into, and I'm super excited. Like, I want to hear what you guys, like, if you're a Toho fan, what you did to get into the series. And if you're not, and you're getting into it for the first time, like, what are you, uh, talk to me. Like, what are you doing to get into it yourself? But, you know... I will say this, too. It makes me a little sad. Uh, this podcast is not going to be my longest one, you know? I I wanted to keep going for a little bit longer, but I think I've spoken my piece. 
And honestly, I feel bad that this is probably going to be going out later than intended. But, you know, I, I think I've given you enough information to work with. But, of course, you know, you guys are always more than welcome to reach out to me during streams Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 p.m. Uh, to talk Toho with me. You can find me on Twitter at PhantasmPlumes. Um, you can shoot an email to plumescast, P-L-U-M-E-S-C-A-S-T, at gmail.com. Um, seriously, I love the Toho series. I want more people to get into it. I guarantee you, you'll find a character you like. And I hope that my little deep dive into here was both entertaining enough that you have listened to the end and you're hearing this message and you're like, wow, Seth, you did great. (laughs) Or, you know, you're curious enough now that you're going to reach out and find a couple of different things. And of course, I know a bunch of great people in the community that could probably help you find more or less what you're looking for. But that said, everybody, seriously, thank you all for listening in. And as always, I'll talk to you again from the stars very soon. Until next time, everyone, I'll see you in Gensokyo. Bye-bye!